Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring a tribute to the great comedy teams, including Fibber McGee and Molly, Bing Crosby and Bob Hope, Tom Howard and George Shelton, Ozzie and Harriet, Abbott and Costello, Fred Allen and Portland Hoffa, Burns and Allen, Baron Munchausen and The Professor, plus one of the great comedy teams of all time, Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy. There were more comedy teams on radio than there has ever been in any other media. One of the first teams was Amos and Andy. Then there was Lum and Abner, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy, Ken Murray and Oswald. And the most popular for over a decade, Fibber McGee and Molly. Ah, let me see. This ought to help the contract. Said bank hereby agrees that if said Fibber McGee fails to hold up his end of the contract... Said bank will pay said McGee anyhow said amount of said dough. Said who? <laughs> My goodness, dearie, the bank will never go... See, where did you get all the cookbooks? From the library, only they don't happen to be cookbooks, Molly. This is law books. This is law. Very interesting, too. To whom? Lawyers. You take here on page 612, for instance, in the case of James H. Reeple, alias Creepy Reeple, accused of stealing the belfry off the Union Street Church. Stealing a belfry? <laughs> That's a pretty high hijack. Yes, it... <laughs> the law says, and I quote, in the case of the people versus creepy Reeple for stealing a steeple, <laughs> counsel for Reeple held the people failed to place Reeple, the creepy steeple stealer, on the steeple at the time the people accused Reeple of the steeple stealing. <laughs> Further, said Reeple was too feeble to creep up the steeple and the people must... Hold it, creepy, climb down. <laughs> Bing Crosby and Bob Hope were a team in many a road picture. And from time to time, they traded guest appearances and ad-libs on their radio shows. Pardon my gauche briche, I'm sorry here. I don't have that. <laughs> but listen, let's talk oh, about Ford Ord. You know, this, this is where the new inductee... Gauche briche. Say, this is where the new inductees here at Ford Ord go through basic training. They uh -huh. learn to face all the dangers face all the hardships that they might experience under fire. So that's why they brought your show up here. <laughs> no, that's why we got you as guests. <laughs> well, you sure. It's even. even. <laughs> Sounds like a dead heat, don't it? But you know, they sure do draft the fellas in a hurry here. Do you see that one guy who's all bent over? Yeah, what happened to him? not far from the beach. What? <laughs> what? What? Well, that's what it says here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go back there. You skipped a page. Oh, yeah. I thought that was pretty dull for a punchline. <laughs> what is that? Wait a minute. Not far from the beach. Isn't that awful? <laughs> Wait. We're on page 50. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do one page at a time. Uh, okay. Okay. Let's try it again. Let's try again. Stick out your tongue so I can wet my thumb. Okay. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Let's see now. Where, oh, you do that line about the guys being drafted. First, okay, right? I say, you know, they sure do draft the fellas in a hurry here. Did you see that one guy who was all bent over? Yeah, what happened to him? Well, he was a plumber and they drafted him before he could get out from under the sink he was fixing. <laughs> it's not far from the breach. I think I like that better. <laughs> that sounds like the kind of a line you'd give me on your show. <laughs> 
At least I don't glue your pages together. <laughs> well, drop in again. We'll glue you together. <laughs> you got the horses for it. Oh, no, wait, wait, now. <laughs> Keep looking. You'll find a beach in there somewhere. <laughs> But listen, anyway, on the level, Bing, the Army can lead to a great career. Look at what General Eisenhower has done. That's right. I understand if they draft him, he's going to run. <laughs> Some of the fellows here tried that, but they caught him and brought him back. <laughs> I should think the boys would love it here. After all, they have a chance to learn a trade. By just a while ago, I saw a fellow out behind the mess all peeling potatoes. Peeling potatoes? What kind of a trade is that? Wonderful. He traded with the guy who was peeling onions. And you know, recreation facilities are excellent, too. They have ping pong, shuffleboard, and if they feel like it, the fellas can go swimming in the surf. It's not far from the beach. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where the line fits, you little rascal, you. (laughs) Tom Howard and George Sheldon began their careers in vaudeville, but they gained national fame on the radio. Good morning, fellas. How are the boys this morning? Oh, here's stomach trouble. Say, you know, I was just reading in the paper this morning where a woman just was awarded $50,000 for the loss of a thumb. $50,000 for the loss of a thumb? Uh-huh. How could a thumb be worth that much? It was the one she kept her husband under. Ah, uh, <laughs> aren't you cute this morning? No, I'm not. The trouble with you, Tom, is you never read the newspapers. What do you mean? I used to be an old newspaper man. You were an old newspaper man? Yeah, but I gave it up. Yeah. There was no money in old newspapers. <laughs> I often wonder, Tom, what those blank spaces in newspapers are for. Oh, they're for people who can't read. Yeah. You know, I used to wink in a newspaper office, too. I'll never forget the day I shouted, Stop the presses! Stop the presses! Why, did you have a scoop? No, I had my finger caught in it. I see. Too bad it wasn't your head. Say, what's the matter? Have you got a grudge against me? No, but I could very easily develop one. Ah, the trouble with you is you're real illiterate. That's Uh what it is. That's because you don't read enough. I see. Now take me. Who wants you? (laughs) No, Tom, you you should read good books. I do read good books. You read Shakespeare? Sure. I read all his stuff as soon as it comes out. (laughs) All of it. Why, Tom, would you believe it? I even wrote a book. You wrote a book? Uh, it took me a long time, too. I spent two months on one chapter. So what? My old man spent 20 years on one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you ever read anything. You don't? No. Well, what have you read? Well, I have read flannels. Oh. Get that, George? Yeah, I got that. Fla- but no kidding, George, I read a lot. Yeah? Yes, I really eat it up. I devour reading matter. All right. What kind of reading matter do you devour? Cereals, George. Cereals. Cereals by Kellogg and Post. (laughs) I'm reading a good book now by Sears Roebuck. By Sears and Roebuck? Yeah, I'm up to the harness department already. (laughs) Well, Tom, that's a catalog you're reading. It's a book. I know a book when I see one. Read a book, good book last week. Yeah, very good. What was the name of it? Way Down East by William Shakespeare. What are you talking about? Shakespeare didn't write away down east. I don't care where he wrote it. It's a good book. Oh, Oh, I'm getting out of here. Oh, wait a minute. So am I. Look at the time. I got to get to work. Yeah, where are you working now, Tom? I'm a candy salesman for a hotel. A candy salesman for a hotel? Yeah, when a rich customer comes in, I persuade him to take a suite. (laughs) A suite. Another team that began in radio were the parents of David and Ricky Nelson. Here's Ozzie and Harriet. Harriet, is that screeching going to keep up all day? Why, is it getting on your nerves? Well, frankly, yes. You think Thorny'd be a little more considerate of his neighbors. Oh, I don't think it's so bad. Well, it wouldn't be if he'd either just let it run or turn it off. 
But he runs it for a while, and then he stops it, and he starts it, and he stops it, and then he starts it, and then he stops it, and then he starts it, and then... Stop it! Yeah, then he starts it, and then... Oh, Ozzy, for goodness sake, Thorny's just having a little fun. Fun? Heck, he's running a modern version of the old Chinese water torture. Don't be so silly. There's nothing wrong with a man enjoying a new hobby. Besides, it'll probably taper off after a while. That's no excuse. Disrupting everybody's life. What's he disrupting? Well, nothing, except that a man who works around the house all day ought to have a few moments of peace and quiet for a little relaxation. Ozzy, it's only 10 o'clock. Besides, I'll bet Catherine appreciates having a handyman around the house. Well, you aren't suggesting anything, are you? Of course not. But since Thorny's had the new machine, he's been fixing things like a beaver. Putting up shelves, making cabinets, and he really seems to like it. Am I tempting you? Well, you're giving me ideas. <laughs> you know, my hand tools are getting pretty old. Maybe I'll get rid of them. And buy a machine like Thorny's? No, just get rid of them. <laughs> the most popular team to ever make motion pictures also did a weekly radio show. Here's Bud Abbott and Lou Costello doing their famous baseball routine. You know, strange as it may seem, they give these ballplayers nowadays very peculiar names. You mean funny names? Nicknames, pet names, like uh, Dizzy Dean. Spotted Daffy? Daffy Dean. And I'm their French cousin. French cousin? Gouffé. 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 <laughs> well, now, let's see. We have on the bags, we have who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find out. What silly name? I say who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Are you the manager? Yes. You know the fellow's name? Well, I should. Well, then who's on first? Yes. I mean the fellow's name. That's it. That's who? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first baseman. Who? Have you got a first baseman? Who is on first? I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Now tell me who's on first. That's right. I want to know what's the guy's name on first. No, base. no, what's on second I'm base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who is on first? I don't know. He's on third. Now we're not mentioning <laughs> third. Now let's get together. How did I get on third base? You have to mention his name. If I mention a third baseman's name, who did I face playing third no, base? No, who is playing first? I'm not asking you who's on first. Who is on first? I'm asking you what's the guy's name on third? What is on second? Who's on second? Who's on first? I don't know. He's on third. There I go. Back on third again. <laughs> Change their name. You got a first baseman? Absolutely. When you pay him off every month, who gets the money? Every dollar of it. <laughs> Why not? The man's entitled to it. Who is? Yes. So who gets it? Sure he does. <laughs> Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Who's wife? Yes. <laughs> well, all I'm trying to find out is what's the guy's name on first base? Listen, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who is on first? I don't know. Third, third base. Fred Allen, with his wife, Portland Hoffa, enjoyed a long and successful career in radio. Their humor was fresh and bright. Here's a sample from the Fred Allen Show in 1947. If the cow could only talk, it would probably say... Mr. Allen! Well, of course. Well, Portland, pull up an old bent kilowatt and sit down. What is the scuttlebutt this evening? Mama read that you're going on information, please. Mama says with you, it may be the last information, please, of all time. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah? Well, you can tell your mother that I have been on information, please, before. Mama says the last time they had to give away so many sets of encyclopedias that there isn't a moron left in the country. <laughs> Aren't you forgetting yourself? I don't get it. Rejoice in your ignorance, daughter. <laughs> I, uh, I may surprise you on information, please. Do you know much knowledge? Do I know knowledge? Well, I know algebra. So 
say something in algebra. You, you wouldn't understand it, Portland. I only speak broken algebra. I, uh, I know astronomy, too. Do you know what astronomy is? Astronomy is the science which te treats of the celestial bodies, of their position, magnitude, history, and their destiny. Portland. Fool around with me. <laughs> Tell the fool around with you. Tell the truth. Tell the truth now. You borrowed somebody's mouth to say that sentence. Mr. Einstein doesn't think I'm dumb. You know Albert Einstein? No, Max Einstein. He lives in our house. Oh, Max. <laughs> that wasn't eaten. The radish that wasn't eaten? You'll be seen, but not heard. <laughs> you called in your own writer for that line. Another husband and wife team became popular on radio during the late 30s. They began in vaudeville and finally went on to television. But during radio's heyday, millions of people will, would tune in to hear George Burns and Gracie Allen. Well, Gracie, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> what do I do now? Well, just make something up, you know. Oh, all right. I'll make up a riddle. I'll give you three chances, and if you can't guess it, you win. If I can't guess it, I win? Well, what happens if I guess it? Well, uh, then it's a tie. It's a tie? Now, what's the difference? Just a minute, Gracie. Uh, this one is on me. A fellow was in a restaurant. He ordered spinach, mashed potatoes, and cheesecake. How did I know that he was a soldier? Um, oh, is that the one where the fella had on a uniform? Yeah, that's very good, George. Tell us. What I'd like to know is how do I allow myself to get mixed up into these things? <laughs> oh, that's very funny. Now, I'll make one up. Not only can I make up riddles, George, I can also tell you what you're thinking about. I'm a mind reader. Listen, Gracie, is there anything that phases you? I don't think so. Uh, no. All right, now, think of something. Well, all right, I'm thinking. Uh, is it green? Is what green? Does it hang from the ceiling and whistle? Does what hang from the ceiling and whistle? Uh, does it run along the floor and sing? Listen. Uh, does it climb up buildings and swim? Just a minute. I thought you said that you could read my mind. Well, George, how can I read your mind if you keep on asking me all those silly questions? I'm asking Listen, let's talk about something else. Well, Gracie, I'm sorry to hear about your missing brother. Oh, that's too bad, George, because my brother's missing, too. The only difference between you and me is that I have the power of mind over matter, and you have no mind, and it doesn't seem to matter. I still would like to know, how is your brother? My brother? Oh, well, I think they ought to open up all the prisons. It would help prosperity. Wait a minute, that's the wrong answer. No, that's the right answer, but you asked the wrong question. <laughs> Two more comedy greats teamed up, and they created hilarious antics with, with all of their routines. Here's Jack Pearl and Cliff Hall as Baron Munchausen and the Professor. Oh, my goodness. Oh, 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 that's oh. a terrible cold you have. Oh, I'm sick. I yes, can feel my blood. That's a terrible cold. How did you get that cold? I drank some beer out of a damp glass. You see, uh, uh, listen, I tell you. Now, isn't that when silly? We were... <laughs> you, you can't get cold from drinking beer out of a damp glass? Yeah. How can you get cold like that? <laughs> this was draft beer. Listen, draft beer. Uh, no, but I, I, I want to tell you. Well, that proves conclusively what I say. You yeah, see but that? why you say that I'm dumb? Well, I have a right to my opinion. Yeah, but I'm. you know why? Why? You know that I was. I, I give you my beer, Cliff. What? So long I'm here in this country. I'm in this country now over 26 months. 
26 months. In this country? She should never know it. No. A <laughs> lot of people take me for American. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, 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 since I'm here, Glyph, since I'm here in yeah. this country, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I, I'm learning. Oh, you're learning now. Yeah, in the other country, I didn't learn. You didn't learn? No. Did you go to school? I went to school, but uh, I don't know how you say that. What sort of a school did you go to in the other uh, What do you call that in America? Uh... University? No, please. <laughs> you never was there. Now, well, that's true. You know, I was just trying uh, to help you out. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, what do you call that? Uh, correspondent school. You went to what? I went to correspondent school. A correspondent school? Yeah, on the other side. I didn't know they had correspondent schools on the continent. Sure. Is that so? They threw me out from there. <laughs> they threw you out of the correspondent school? <laughs> well, why did they throw you out? <laughs> I played hooky. <laughs> You played hooky from a, a correspondence school? Yeah, I give you my... Well, how is that possible? <laughs> I sent them an empty envelope. Sent them an empty envelope? <laughs> I give you my... Oh, now, that is ridiculous, Yes, they threw me out from there. That isn't... Oh, that's not only ignorant, that's dizzy. You don't say a thing like that. I'm dizzy? You certainly are. F first, I'm dumb, now I'm... Well, all oh, right. Oh, Glyph, I must ask you one thing. What is that? Why am I dizzy when... I, I'm always dizzy when I look out of a high window. Why is that? Why are you dizzy when you look out of a high window? Yeah. Well, that's very easy to explain. You see, the brain... That is, the cerebrum cerebellum is composed of several different compartments. Is that so? Yes. <laughs> now, one, one of these compartments controls the equilibrium. <laughs> yeah. Now, unless, unless, unless this is highly sensitive, you see, the equilibrium is nil. Yeah. Or in other words, you're suffering from an altitude complex. Is that so? I hope I've made myself clear. Yeah. <laughs> but why is it I'm always dizzy when I... There was one team that made a greater impact on the American public as well as millions of fans around the world than any other comedy team. Their silent films are classics, and their comedy style has been copied, at least in part, by most visual comics. Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy were a product of motion pictures and only once appeared before a microphone. That was on the British Broadcasting System in London. Before Stan Laurel passed away, producer Bill Raby took his traveling microphone to Mr. Laurel's apartment in Santa Monica, California, and talked about his career. I'm grateful to Mr. Raby for loaning us this excerpt of Stan Laurel. We never talked. We made uh, one recording down at, uh, I don't know whether it was NBC or CBS. We wanted to make a record, a recording to see if it would be okay for show radio show. Nothing developed from it. I don't think we were too good. We were more of a sight comics than talking. I've heard that uh, short thing you did in BBC. Well, we were on a couple of times, I believe. No. I never did hear. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Oliver Hardy speaking. I'm taking this opportunity of thanking you and the countless friends in the British Isles for the wonderfully wholehearted reception you have given me on my first visit to your beautiful country. Words cannot describe my feelings of contempt. Hey. Never before have I been received. Hey. Never before have I been... Pardon me, ladies and gentlemen. I think my friend Mr. Laurel wishes to speak to me. What's on your mind? What about mentioning me in the speech? Don't worry, I'll get to you in just a few minutes. In a few minutes? Certainly. Well, the record will be over in a few minutes, and then you won't be able Listen, to... Listen, why don't you do something to help me? Well, what can I do? Here, here's a hard-boiled egg. Eat that and just relax. Thank you, Ollie. Now, let's see where I was. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, 
This is Oliver Hardy speaking. I'm taking this opportunity of thanking you and the countless friends in the British Isles for the wonderfully wholehearted reception you have given me on my first visit to your beautiful country. Ollie. What? Speak up. What for? I can't hear you. But if you'll get that egg down, you'll be able to hear me much better. I just did get the egg down. What'd you do with the eggshell? What eggshell? Don't tell me you've eaten the egg with the shell on it. Well, I didn't know. You didn't tell me anything oh. about it. You, you don't happen to have another one, do you? No, I haven't. Have you got any nuts? No, I haven't got any nuts. Well, what'd you do with those we brought in New York? Oh, I left them in my wardrobe trunk. Will you please stop annoying me while I make this speech? No, I'm not annoying you. I'm not now doing anything. Now, keep quiet. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> stop wiggling your tie. What do you mean, stop wiggling my tie? Well, every time you get fancy, you start wiggling your tie, and it looks silly. If you interrupt me again, I'll wiggle you. <laughs> what are you crying for? I don't want to be wiggled. Pardon me, ladies and gentlemen. I wish to speak to my friend privately. What are you trying to do? Spoil my speech? No, that, that's impossible. You bet your life it's impossible. That's the first time you've agreed with me, Ollie. Oh, you're getting sarcastic, huh? No, I'm not. Well, just for that, you make a speech. I don't want to make a speech. Oh, yes, you will make I, a speech. I don't know anything about it. Go ahead. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. With your hat off. Oh, I beg your pardon. Pardon. Ladies and gentlemen, with your hat off. Oh, you don't say that. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, without your hat off. Oh, uh, go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll never know how happy we are to be here with you tonight in Chicago, America. Oh, it's the first... We're in London, you fool. London. Well, I didn't know. I've been traveling to so many places. I wasn't quite sure just where we were. Well, go ahead. It won't make any difference anyway. So this is London, eh? Yes, London. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm you so... You said that once. All right. I'm so happy to be here with you tonight in London, Scotland. No, I love... done it. No more speeches. What do you mean, no more speeches? We've got to do something. All right. Maybe I can sing a little song. That's a good idea. Oh, say, that reminds me. What? I wish I brought my piano with me from America. You don't have to bring a piano all the way from America. There's plenty here. I know, but I wish I'd brought mine. Now, why in your wildest dreams do you wish you'd brought your piano with you? Well, you, you won't be mad at me if I tell you, will you? Oh, no. You know I couldn't really get mad with you. No, I, I'd rather not tell you. I'd rather... Oh, no, I'd rather... Come on, now. Why do you wish that you'd brought your piano with you? Well, I, I left our return tickets lying on top of it, and... I could oh. it up. up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio and our salute to famous comedy teams. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next time for more shows and personalities from Radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.